The world's wind industry is gathering in Melbourne this August. Join them at the APAC Summit to discuss collaboration, market building and solving supply chain challenges in the expanding APAC market. Buy tickets at apacsummit2023.com.au Hello listeners, Stuart Mullen here. I'm the Chief Operating Officer of the Global Wind Energy Council and today we are releasing yet another in the series of the APAC Offshore Wind and Green Hydrogen Summit speaker profiles. And today I am joined by Vestas Senior Sales Director uh, for Australia and New Zealand, Talia Zamataro. Talia, good to see you again. Hi, Stuart. Thanks very much for inviting me to talk to you today. So listeners, Talia and I worked together at MHI Vestas for uh, a few years, uh, a couple of years ago now, and then Talia made the move to Australia. So it's really great to see, uh, you see a fellow Australian in Australia working with wind. But uh, Talia, can you tell me a little bit about Vestas's uh, footprint and how you see maybe uh, offshore wind in the APAC area, and then maybe a little bit about uh, how, how Vestas's operations are in Australia? Yeah, and I was thinking actually the other day, Stuart, going back to when we were first colleagues, when I first met you, that was actually when we were both at Siemens. Oh, really? That's right. Yeah. Wow. I remember being in that that, uh, canteen in Brunda where you feel like you're surrounded by thousands of people and then I sat down next to this really like broad Australian, (laughs) out of all the people in the canteen, this broad Australian accent. Wow. So I looked back the other day and I think I think that must have been like at the end of 2012. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, I'd forgotten about that. That's a good memory. Yeah. And then you went to MHI Vestas and then I think I, yeah, jumped in a couple of years later. And yeah, that's when, when I think I learned about or when we got to work together more closely and where you, you and your comms team were doing all of the great stuff with the all the heroes of Burbo Bank uh, production and everything. It was really, yeah. Yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah it was fun. Um, so, yeah, what, where where were we? What what Australia, Vestas Australia and... Yeah, yeah. Or maybe take people uh, through Vestas's footprint in the APAC area. I know that, uh, you know, Vestas was doing a bit in uh, Taiwan and um, there's been a couple of other projects, uh, I think, that Vestas was also looking at Vietnam. Uh, What's the Vestas footprint in the offshore area and uh, how many of the markets do you find interesting at the moment? Uh, I mean, from Vestas globally, our footprint right when it comes to offshore wind is we have uh, an installed base of more than 8 gigawatts of offshore wind globally, obviously, majority of that sits in Europe uh, and then within Asia our footprint's growing at a really at a pretty high rate now um, and Korea Vietnam Japan we're active uh, in offshore in APAC now and we've had a really our APAC team has grown significantly in the last few years so we've had a number of colleagues um bring their skills and expertise from Denmark. Um, and then we're also recruiting locally in all of those countries at a really high rate. Um, you need obviously all of the back office team to bring the yeah. projects to life. And I was talking to one of my colleagues today who's now recruiting for commissioning technicians uh, and all of these jobs you need, the, the boots on the ground. Yeah. Um, and he's having a really good time um, finding people locally um, and uncovering all of these skill sets that we really need to make it a success in APAC. 
Sure. But in, in, in the Australian context, I mean, I know that Vestas Australia is a very big onshore market for the for the company. Does offshore and you know the offshore work is going to be you know twenty twenty eight up to twenty thirty or sometime in the future, sometime towards the back end of this decade. Um, what's the what's the I guess cut through for the Vestas for offshore wind in Australia? How are you guys viewing this? And I mean, you've done a lot of you've had a lot of project management experience in offshore. How are you seeing the market? And some, maybe some of the things that need to be done or some of the challenges that we're going to face to bring this market to life? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I think, and for me, having my my offshore experience is from living and working in Denmark where I was building offshore wind farms. I then became the director of service for the Denmark and Germany region. Um, so seeing, I've seen those sides of the value chain now I've moved into sales here in Australia where our focus is definitely onshore. Um, from an offshore perspective, uh, we're starting to engage with a lot of clients. I think the feasibility applications opening, that opened a lot of communication channels. Um, clients are interested in in our product, uh, what, it, what it is now, but more importantly, what, what offshore product we'll bring to the market in the next five to 10 years. Um, they're interested in knowing about how we're going to supply the market um, and also asking like really relevant questions about what would be, what, what would you do differently or what other things, even just clients being really open and saying like, what are we not thinking about that you Vestas having this experience of installing offshore globally? What also do, what other stone do we need to look like turn up? Um, so People having a lot of enthusiasm, but also I think a good level of um, being open to taking on everything that, or lessons learned from the wider industry globally. So I know that we've, in the Global Wind Energy Council, we speak with a lot of governments, and in particular, we've been doing a lot of work with the Australian governments, DQ at the federal level and DECA or the Offshore Wind Energy Victoria at the local level. And it's fair to say that the governments of Australia, like most governments around the world actually, are trying to work out uh, what type of local content requirement or you know, uh, economic value they can bring to the table. Uh, and I guess mm -hmm. that most, when we talk about local content, most uh, governments look to and most developers look to the OEMs to supply that local content or, you know, and can you maybe give the listeners some sort of insight into some of the reflections that a company like Vestas has to consider when considering where to place your factories and how to engage and how to build out this local content? Yeah, um, and, and you're right, that, that topic always comes up, right, no matter where we are in the wind industry uh, in the world. From a Vestas perspective, I think the important thing is that we we can see a pipeline um, of a significant enough sort of extent. Uh, so a pipeline that's going to be there in and, and for a good amount of time and a way you can firm that up. So if the demand is there, um, and there's a way that we can firm up that demand, then, I mean, Vestas, any OEM, I think, would would investigate any production opportunity that makes sense for the region. Yeah, but I guess you need that continuous pipeline. I mean, you know, you'd love to be able to build factories, and, and but it's not 
that great if you have to build them. You know, if you get two gigawatts or four gigawatts one year and then nothing in the region for like, you know, two years or three years and then, you know, two gigawatts here or there. I mean, it, there, there must be some sort of like a need to, I guess, flatten flatten this these demands, these supply and demand spikes out or there need, is, does that, is that done through regional collaboration or how, what, how do you guys recommend we fix that sort of spikes in you know, boom and bust cycles? I mean, I think looking at an from an Australian offshore perspective, the developers have done, if you look at their pipeline and overlay their projects, you can see that they are building up one by one by one. So right now, the way that they've collaborated as an industry to kind of time their projects, it makes sense. Um, and it, it's great that they, at this point in time, are cooperating in that way. Who's going to install at what stage? Obviously, as the industry develops and things move into the future, that might not be possible. Um, but avoiding the peaks and troughs, like you allude to, I think is going to be a really important factor for, for industry success. And I noticed that your title in cover, covers Australia and New Zealand. Uh, would you also expect in the offshore space that Australia and New Zealand are coupled together under one sort of like market? Is that, is that, does that make a lot of sense? Mm, isn't Australia and New Zealand always coupled together, Stuart? Well, you'd think so. I mean, from ge ge geography or geographically, the, the proximity-wise, at least, that makes sense. And, you know, I think uh, New Zealand does have a pretty strong ambition to do a lot of floating offshore wind. So, to me, it would make sense. But, uh, you know, there's, yeah, I, I, I guess we have to look at how we uh, work together in as across different markets. And so, yeah. Coupling Australia and New Zealand would make a whole lot of sense, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, I think culturally we have a lot in common with New Zealand, even time zone-wise. I think for me, one of the things I've noticed since coming back to Australia from from Europe is that you're pretty far away, and I mean that distance materializes in lots of in lots of ways. Um, just even the time zone difference. I'm talking to my colleagues in Europe at my night time and their early morning. There's just yeah all of the challenges that distance brings. So I think the more ways we can find um, like partnering with New Zealand and finding ways to make our own corner of the industry bigger and better, yeah. of course that's going to make sense. So if we turn our attention to the conference at the end of the month, what are some of the conversations that you think needs to be had and who would you like to see at the conference? Uh, something that um, I think is really important and we touched on briefly before we started recording today is about addressing the getting comfortable with having discussions about the real challenges of industry infancy. Um, there's lots of ways or lots of really good momentum on offshore wind right now in Australia, but thinking about where you're going to get those vessels Uh what are the skill sets we need to be developing in young people now? Um, like for someone to become an apprentice on, on an offshore wind farm in the next 10 years, that's like those kids are in primary school right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and <laughs> how, do we paint, how do we paint that career path to, to this generation of, of people? Um, there's so many challenges, and I think that's the exciting thing about it. Um, as for what I'm looking forward to at the conference, um, 
I can I say can I say the 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 stuff that's not the conference the networking sure of course that's just as, that's just as much as part of the conference as the conference itself yeah no I think I mean especially having yeah just come back to Australia like in the last nine to ten months for me even though I am Australian I've only ever really worked in wind in Europe so I'm at this stage in my career where in Australia where I'm kind of making all of these new networks um, and I really enjoy that and something that I really enjoy about conferences is the forum that it gives um, other people to approach someone that they wouldn't necessarily approach or meet generally so at the CDC conference in Sydney a few weeks ago there were um, a lot of young female engineering and law yeah. and enviro students that came up to me and I mean some of those conversations are the most meaningful to me um because, fantastic yeah yeah oh great well I hope that we can provide you with lots of opportunity to network with uh with people that you that are in the industry uh we are actually working with the women of offshore wind network as well as part of the conference program so hopefully we'll also uh check that box where we can bring in some more diversity into the into the workforce that we're seeing at the moment and that you know as we start to develop we need so many more people in the industry so it'd be great if we could get that good mixture right from the start and so those primary schools we should be appealing to the girls as much as the boys uh, these days so yeah but anyway Talia we are out of time and we I look very uh, much forward to catching up with you in Melbourne in a couple of weeks' time. So thanks very much for your time today, Talia, and we'll see you in Melbourne. Thanks a lot, Stuart. Nice to talk to you. Great. Thanks for that. Can I just get you to quickly to just say to camera, like your name and company and, and that you're looking forward to catching up with people in Melbourne at the, on the, the 29th to 31st? At, what's the name of the conference? The it's the APAC Offshore Wind and Green Hydrogen Summit. It, but you can just call it okay. at the APAC Summit. That's fine. Okay. Um, what am I saying? Yep. Hi, my name's Talia Zamataro. I'm a senior director in the sales team here in Australia and New Zealand, Investus, uh, and I'm attending the APAC Summit in at the end of August in Melbourne. I look forward to catching up with you there. <laughs>